What's going on, everyone? This is your boy Jay Money with the Buckeye Sports Show. Man, it's been an eventful couple weeks. Um, let me just dive right on into it. Uh, I know I'm a couple weeks behind and everything, but uh, been under the weather a little bit and also nursing some injuries. So, with that being said, uh, I want to get in and talk about this uh, Purdue Ohio State game. And then touch on the Michigan State-Ohio State game for a minute, and I'll save that for another episode. But uh, let's jump right on into it. So Purdue came into Columbus trying to play the spoiler makers as usual. Um, I mean, they already upset two top ten teams with Michigan State and uh, Iowa. So they were trying to go for the, the, the trifecta, which... They ended up getting put back onto a train and uh, right back out to West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, Ohio State was up, I believe, 45 to nothing at the half. Which they should never have took the their foot off the pedal on defense. Um, I believe it was uh, one of those where they were respecting the pass. Because of Aiden McConnell and David Bell. However, they were playing a little too soft. Softer than some Charmin toilet paper. Um, Bryson Shaw was a huge liability in that game. Was letting, you know, was getting burnt deep. Um, man. He was pretty much like having safe auto insurance with... Uh, Really limited liability insurance. So, I mean, it uh, it scared me for a minute. I mean, he did take responsibility for, you know, his actions and misreads and uh, lack of action on some of these plays. Um, but, man, C.J. Stroud, I'm going to touch on him real quick. Beginning of the season, you heard around the country and here in Columbus as well. Oh, he's not the man for the team. He's not the guy. You know, put somebody else in. Go ahead and put Quinn Ewers in there. When Quinn Ewers only had maybe two weeks before the season started to learn a playbook, and that wasn't going to happen. But uh, he took a couple hits during the Minnesota game that, uh, you know, uh, just separated his uh, AC joint in his shoulder. You know, his throwing arm and all that. And it was apparent uh, throughout the Minnesota game. And then it was also apparent um, in the Oregon game. And even in the Tulsa game where he couldn't really. He had to throw the ball before he could actually bring it completely forward to get that perfect release off. So, you know, I do applaud Ryan Day for sitting him down in Akron. And uh, for the week of the Akron game and. Now he just came out and uh, he retook back over that Heisman talk with the performance that he had in Purdue. And I'm going to touch a little bit on about the Michigan State. But, man, he uh, he's right now the leading Heisman candidate. Uh, Vegas has the odds at uh, minus 200. Bryce, Har- uh, Bryce Young is... Uh, 
plus 200. So, you know, he's a uh, CJ Stroud has a clear shot to win the Heisman and uh, bring it on home where it belongs here at Ohio State. You know, so on this show, you know, I am biased towards towards Ohio State because, uh, you know, I am a Buckeye. And, you know, if you don't like it, you don't have to tune in. I just had to put that out there uh, because I have been getting some messages and everything about uh, people talking about, you know, how biased I am towards Ohio State. And, you know, you would be too if you're a diehard fan of your hometown college team. You know, Georgia fans are like that. Alabama, hell, even the team up north. They're delusional half the time, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, and we're going to touch on them here probably within, like, the next next episode or the one after that. So, back to this Penn State, or this Purdue game. Sorry about that. Didn't want to disrespect Penn State like that. Uh... Man, the star of the game besides C.J. Stroud and uh, Garrett Wilson just happened to be Denzel Burke, in my opinion. Shut down one of the top, actually the top leading receiver in the country and David Bell. Held him on 14 targets that uh, Denzel Burke was covering David Bell, whether in man-to-man or in zone. Held him only to nine receptions for 76 yards. And no touchdowns. The only touchdown David Bell got was when Denzel Burke was taking a breather on the sideline. So with that being said, I love our true freshman corner. He is turning into a lockdown corner. And that's something when you're playing at Ohio State that you desperately need is lockdown corners and, you know, safeties that are aware of everything in front of them. So, I mean, with that, Denzel Burke gives us a real good chance going into um, the playoffs because, uh, as you all know, Ohio State will be in the playoffs one way or the other. Unless uh, Nick Saban done uh, paid the committee to keep Ohio State out, which everybody knows that the committee does not like Ohio State and the Big Ten. So they try to screw the Big Ten and Ohio State out every chance that they get. Um, so, you know, we walked away with the, from the Purdue game with the victory. Got to sing Carmen, Ohio at the end of the game. Um it was a pretty cold day that day, too. So, <laughs> uh, it was pretty cold outside that day. So, uh, with that, you know, we moved up into the top four with the CFP rankings going into uh, facing Michigan State Spartans. And uh, on the next episode, I will be talking about about that one. So, I'm going to break away from Ohio State real quick. But uh, I wanted to also mention here in Columbus, Ohio, Kip High School. They had a phenomenal season. 
Uh, they ended the season with a record of seven and five. They got their first playoff berth in school history this year. They won. Uh, they won their first round playoff game this year against the undefeated uh, Symesville or Symes Valley, um, sixteen to thirteen. Um, you know they did a remarkable job. Coach uh, Coach Lee over there at Kip, he's done one one hell of a job turning around the program there. Uh, what more can I say? I do have an interview with uh, Coach uh, James Lee coming up here shortly, and uh, yeah, the way the way he's turned around that program there is unbelievable. And their star quarterback, um, what can I say? Their star quarterback is, give him, you know, another year and all that in the weight room and just getting better out there on the, the field. He ran for over a thousand yards and threw for over a thousand yards. So the kid is, uh, is remarkable. Uh, Tamir Wynn, if you guys get out there next season, get out there and go watch Kit play some football, you know, Friday Night Lights, the kid is amazing, you know, to throw for over a thousand yards and rush for a thousand yards, and I'll say you're a two-way player too, you know, I had a chance to also sit down with him too, so... I got two interviews coming up with uh, one with James Lee, the head coach of KIPP, and uh, with Tamir Wynn as well. So with that being said, we're going to take a commercial break, and I'll be right on back.
what you're saying, yo. Alrighty, welcome back from that commercial break. I am hoping you guys enjoyed that uh, as much as I do every time I hear it. Hang on, Sloopy. One of the premier, premier songs from the Ohio State University. Uh, it always gets everybody going, especially me. I love hearing Hang On, Sloopy. So without further ado, like I said before the break, I have an interview with Coach James Lee of Kip High School here in Columbus, Ohio. I am going to dive right into that interview with him. You know, just it was uh, just getting to know the man who took over the program and turned it around. You know, um, like I said, they had a 7-5 record, beat an undefeated Symes Valley on their home turf, the first round of the playoff, they lost a close game the second uh, second round against Barnesville. I mean, it was a pretty close game, but without you know, without further ado, I'm gonna dive right on in with the interview with Coach James Lee. Catch you on the flip side. Alrighty, it's your boy Jay here with the. Buckeye City Sports Talk Show, and I have Coach Lee here from Kip High School here in Columbus, and uh, gonna have a nice little sit down. Absolutely. So, Coach, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, James Lee. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, been coaching football um, here for about I say seven to eight years, probably a little bit more than that. Um, first year here as the varsity head coach, um, but just love football. Um, played at Benedictine High School in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, also played in college at Ohio Dominican. Um, so, you know, love the city of Columbus and, and glad to be here. Ah, thanks. Um, Columbus loves to have you too. So we're going to dig into uh, how would you best describe your leadership and philosophy style when coaching? Yeah, uh, I think football uh, is just a um, – Football is a reflection of life. And when you make uh, the players better young men, you often get better football players. Um, it doesn't, it, it, it reveals what your character is. Um, it goes to show, um, you know, how tough you are in certain situations. And you have to learn how to handle adversity in football and just how to handle adversity in life. So I would say my, my philosophy is just making them more accountable um, helping them understand and grow as young people, um, and then making them uh, just very disciplined on the field and off the field as well. Oh. Sounds like a coach I used to have in high school. Yeah, man. 
Alrighty, so with that, how have you changed the culture in the team since becoming the head coach? Yeah, I would say we just we wanted the players to care. Um, nothing said that they didn't care before. I was actually on the staff uh, in, in the previous years. Um, so I would say it's just been a constant development of, of our players and our staff. Um, brought some new assistant coaches in, and, and, and those guys have really helped change the culture. Um, but we just preached uh, discipline. Um, we teached accountability with showing up to practice, right? Like your best ability is your availability. Um, and we just start implementing rules such as, you know, if you miss a day of practice for unexcused, um, you know, then you'll miss a quarter of a game. And, you know, in the beginning, a lot of kids thought we were just joking around and saying, hey, they need me. And when we did not play them, I think it really set the tone of, hey, they really need to be in practice. But, you know, just like you got to go to work, right? Like you got to go to work. You, you got to wake up and do things that you don't want to do. And, and if you can't simply show up to practice after school on campus, then what makes you think you're going to do some of those things in life? So I would just say we need discipline and accountability. It's not like we were talking about Allen Iverson, you know, at his <laughs> press conferences. So with you turning everything around in the new atmosphere and the culture of the team, what can the fans expect next season? Wow. Um, next season. Um, I think if, if we continue to develop, um, we're going to build an eighth grade football team hopefully next year and really set out our JV and freshman teams next year. Um, we had 11 kids be named all district. Um, so we are losing only five, seven, six seniors, six seniors from our team. So, um, you know, we'll have some really, really good players coming back and our schedule is a little tougher. We added St. Charles to our, uh, to our schedule. We added Worthington Christian, who's also a perennial playoff team in our division. Um, but I expect us to be able to compete in every single game that we have. And, um, you know, right now I would just expect them to, to be a reflection of our progress and, just continue to, to learn from our mistakes. Uh, well, you had a wonderful season. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was cut short. Yeah. Um, if you had to, at the next players' meeting, yeah. for the end of this season, yeah. what would you say to all your players? Uh, well, sometimes you make history. There are people who have to make sacrifices to get to that point. I would tell them I'm, that I'm proud of them. <clears throat> Most wins ever in our school history. I think we doubled how many wins we've had total here. Um, first time ever making the playoffs. First time ever winning a game in the playoffs. Beating an undefeated team. Um, a lot of things to be you know happy and accomplished for our seniors. First ever kids to get college offers to play football at the next level. Uh, had three kids make first team all district. Eight other kids be recognized. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was I'm, – I'm proud of what they accomplished, and I hope they come back hungry and humble and, and, and ready to work um, because our goals are bigger um, than just winning football games and winning at life. So, you know, and we also had a 3.31 team GPA. So I'm just happy about that as well. That's – wow. That's more than what – what's the minimum requirement <laughs> in the city. <laughs> Absolutely. So, with that, what are you looking for in a player? What kind of characteristics are you looking for somebody that can lead the team on the field as the general? I would say the number one 
trait that I'm looking for is honesty. Um, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of players say, hey, coach, I got to miss practice because of this. Are they really being honest with what's going on? Are they saying that they want to be a Division One player? Well, are you honestly doing everything you need to do in the classroom, in the weight room, out in public? Um, being honest about just a, a variety of things, but honesty is probably the number one thing that I look for. Um, number two is just mental toughness. Football is a game of injuries. Football is a game of, of emotions. Football is a game of pride. And, you know, a lot of people use the game of football to propel them in life. Um, and I would say, you know, are you tough enough to, to, to handle that? Um, and, and honesty, toughness, um, and being disciplined. Are you, are you able just to, to line up and execute what we do and do what we actually do, not do a million things? So I would say those three things. You really sound like one of my old coaches. <laughs> I, take, I took away from football of it's what builds, yeah. you know, character in the long run. So I'm glad to see that, you know, you got some, yeah, some players that, you know, can step up to the challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. So this one is about the adversity yeah. as a coach yeah. yourself. Yeah. How have you responded? Every time we've lost this year, um, we've won our next game. And I think every time you lose, you learn a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about your team, a little bit more about your coaches. Um, because often people reveal their character when times are tough, right? You never, when things are going well, great job coach, you're doing this, but when things go wrong, you, you, you often find out how you're going to handle adversity, right? And our quarterback, Tymir, he literally came to practice one day and just said, Coach, I want to break off on one, two, three handle, four, five, six adversity. And that's literally been our mantra all year um, in our playoff game. Undefeated Sims Valley team, we go two and a half hours to their place. Our captain breaks his leg in the first quarter after he got an interception. Um, he was our, you know, lined up in our slot. He was our nickel corner. He was literally like the glue to our team, played every single special teams. We had some younger guys step in and learn how to handle that adversity. And we beat a really, really good team. So, you know, I would say that um, our team has just learned how to handle adversity through, through life um, and through the experiences that we have. So it's the next man up next mantra. Next man up, man. Next man up mantra. It's been going around the whole yeah. sport of football. Yep. So tell, tell us about a time where you went above and beyond for a student athlete. Uh, I mean, those are all the time, but I just, I, I literally call that just coaching. Um, I mean, we have, <clears throat> we have kids on our team who don't have any money for the bus or a ride home. Uh, we have kids on our team that are homeless and coaches have literally said, hey, come live with me. Um, we have kids on our team uh, you know, who don't eat at night. So we make sure that we send them home with food and snacks and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I will say the sacrifice, unfortunately, is sometimes the time you spend away from your friends and your family um, for a bigger purpose. Um, and as coaches, you have to have a strong support system who understands that you're doing what you love to do, right? In any profession, when you do what you love to do, you're going to have to sacrifice, you know, spending time with family or you know, spending that gas to go across town to do something that you don't want to do, but you need to do it. So I would say the biggest sacrifice I've made is my time, but it's definitely been worth it. Um, and it's definitely something I would do 
over and over and over and over again um, because these kids are worth it and trying to invest in these babies and keep them off the street and keep them safe is always going to be um, a, a, a rightful cause and, and, and something that I love to do. There you have it, folks. Humble words from one of the humblest coaches in the city. Because not too many coaches actually care about the players. Yeah, you know, they're more about keeping that job and the record. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you understand that, 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 that the people matter. And, um, you know, today it was funny. I was named the, the district coach of the year today. And I was shocked. Um, and I didn't want to post that I got that accomplishment. But all the other coaches were like, man, do it, do it, do it. And, you know, players are texting me. But, I mean, honestly, uh, a kid will never remember what you buy for them, what you do for them. But they will always remember how you make them feel. And, you know, as long as you can make them feel loved, they'll run through a wall for you, they'll get good grades, they'll stay great in the community. So that's all I can ask for. All right. One last final yeah. question. If you had to name five players that were key for the team and their success this year, mm-hmm. who are they and why? Uh, number one, Davon Lowe, senior, uh, heart and soul of our team. He's about five, six, buck 40, buck 50, but will literally outwork anybody. Kid's just a fighter. Uh, we made honorable team all district. Um, I would say Xavier Ferguson, um, a senior for our team. Kid, um, I believe, has Division One talent. He's fast, strong, physical, smart. Played a lot of positions for a strong safety receiver, slot linebacker, did it all. Um, and then I would say the next three are our first team all district guys. Our quarterback, Tymer Wynn, 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving, uh, a pick six, a kick return for a touchdown, about 28 touchdowns on the year, uh, only a junior, kid is a stud, our, our, our Mr. Do Everything, Cam Frazier, about 1,400 yards all purpose, uh, 15, 16 touchdowns, four or five picks. He's only a sophomore, um, and our our defensive line, who made first team all district, Sid Kaba, um, 25 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, 70 tackles, 6'3", 270. Uh, I would say those five really defined our program and, and, and really define you know, what we're going to be about, and all those kids have bright futures, and, and, and those are the kids who really helped impact our program. Well, there you have it, folks. Coach Lee with uh, as the head coach here at Kip High School, and uh, coach, we look forward to a, a better season next year and uh, bigger things. Out for some games, man, for sure. Hey, if they let me out the house, there you go. I appreciate you, boss. Yes, Thanks sir. So much. All righty, welcome back, y'all. This is your boy Jay Money. Uh, what a great interview with Coach James Lee of Kip High School. Um, remarkable job. I can't stop raving about the job that he's done. Um, man. So, preview next episode, we're going to get into the Ohio State-Michigan State game. And, uh, oh my God, that I can't even call that a game. But I'm going to save that for that episode. So, without further ado, I do have another show live every Tuesday from 2 to 3 p.m., with my co-host and my partner in crime, the man with the plan, the host with the most, King Art, on the Score On Air Facebook page. 
The show is called In The Shoe, where we talk about everything from Buckeye football. Uh, Once that's over, we're going to dive right into the hardwood and uh, talk about Ohio State basketball. Um, There are some promising young kids out there on that team this year that uh, once everything gets going, I believe can make a run in the tourney in uh, March and April. So without further ado, I'm going to bid y'all farewell. Our honor defend, we fight to the end for Ohio.